Welcome to Tabi Tabi Pod Season 3 Episode 3. I'm your host Ethan and this is a bi-weekly podcast about Philippine folklore, mysteries, paranormal stories, and maybe some foreign myths. Hey there! Thanks for coming back. I hope you had an amazing start for this year because I didn't. I had a bit of an accident on the very first day of the year and my and I injured my own pinky finger. So things are not looking that bright. But I'm doing fine for the most part and I hope you are too. This is the very first episode for 2021 and I'm very excited to share it with you all because some of the customs that I grew up with suddenly had an answer because of this creature that I'm going to share with you. So let's begin. A very small being that dwells on the earth, in a mound, in woods or fields is called the Kalangit by the Ifugao, Karango by the Ibanag tribe, and Karangit by the Gadang. I will be using Karangit to call this creature for this episode. It is said that they are feared most by the Gadang. Gadang, according to Wikipedia, is an indigenous Filipino people, a linguistically identified ethnic group sharing centuries of precedence in the watershed of the Cagayan River in northern Luzon, Philippines. The Gadang describes the Karangit as kutong lupa in Tagalog or lies of the mound. It is said that they inhabit trees, balete and samalagad in particular. They can also be found in house yards, in riverbed boulders, wells, and under the earth. Sometimes they are invisible, but they are described as having long and sharp pointed teeth. They are like duendes, except with wrinkled skin and they look more grotesque. They are able to adopt other forms and are very aggressive without provocation. They are considered by ancient natives to be the true owner of the land and can do as they please with the tenants. Now I had a sudden realization when researching about this creature. You see, in the Philippines, before you could construct a building, we have this ritual we call the padugo or bloodletting. It is carried out at the very early building stage. Slitting the throat of a white chicken or goat and dripping it around the site includes this procedure. We do it because we believe that it scares away evil spirits that may lurk at the construction site. Some say it is an offering to help stop accidents as a project is being carried out. So I thought, is that why we perform that ritual? As an offering to the Karangit so we can have their permission to use the land to build a house? I just think it's a great theory since they are regarded as the true owner of the land. Meaning, they don't just live in a specific region in the Philippines, they are everywhere. And it solidified my assumptions that the Padugo is for the Karangit as I continue my research. Because in an article I read, it is said that when people build a new house or make a clearing, they demand sacrifice or offering as a form of rental payment. They make those who failed or late to pay the rent sick. That would explain the accidents that happens. I also found a PowerPoint presentation titled The Yogad and Gadang Rituals of Isabella, Meaning and Significance by Dr. Ernesto C. Toquero and Dr. Elena S. Toquero. It says that a ritual is performed before the owners occupy a newly built house and it is called Sisiwa or New House. The uwali or offering is conducted to drive away spirit occupants by a masisiwa. This is achieved by making a food offering that is put on a bilao, 
a flat round-shaped rice winnower typically crafted from woven wood. You can offer the food when praying or bargaining with the spirits for peace. A karangit will also lurk in a village disguised as a chicken in search of a soul to steal. I don't know why they disguise themselves as chicken or if it has any significance in their existence. But so be it with the chicken. Be careful because anyone touched by a karangit becomes ill, mad, and if not treated with a ritual, they will die. When a sick person is diagnosed as a victim of the karangit, a ritual is performed where the healer offers a bilateral agreement to the spirits, saying, You, karangit, shall give back the soul you took hold of, or you shall protect this household and its offspring. We, on our side, will pay our dues by giving you a feast. We will kill a pig for you and offer you all those little things you are fond of. Rice cakes, tobacco, betel nuts, gin. Moreover, we will make it clear that these offerings are not intended as a mere exchange, which would not impose any further obligations, for we will cut off a small piece from the vital parts of the pig and prepare these for you. We will, in other words, perform the uwali or offering rite, and this shall be the authentic sign of our bilateral contract. So maybe after they perform the offering rite, all will be forgiven. I don't know what happens if the karangit refuse or if it has refused before, as I have not read any article about this yet. Now, it is said that this creature responds to the call of shamans by making a whistling sound, and they whistle back as a response when called upon. Let me tell you a little story. When I was a kid, my brother and myself would spend our summer vacation in our grandparents' house. It is common in the Philippines to whistle when it's hot because for some reason, wind just picks up and a soft breeze would soothe your sweaty body. And I would often do that. We were not allowed to whistle at night though. Nobody told me why. But now that I know about this creature, it makes me wonder, could this be the reason why we can't whistle at night? Because we might attract a karangit and we might hear a whistle back? What would it do knowing that we are not shamans? Are we gonna get in trouble? Sadly, there is no information about this so I have no answers to share. You can apparently kill a karangit. How you ask? An individual has to trick it with a mixture of betel nut, chewing leaves, lime, and water and convince the creature to stuff his mouth, eyes, and ears with it. If the creature agreed, it will start to boil on the areas where it's stuffed and it will choke the karangit to death. Tricking the karangit, however, is not easy as it is very cunning. And that is it for the third episode of Season 3. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned something new. I am very excited for this year because I have a lot of topics listed already on creatures, not just in the Philippines but also from other countries as well, and spooky stories that I would like to share. Looking forward to recording for everyone to hear. Lastly, if you would like to support this podcast, please buy me a coffee at www.ko-fi.com slash tabitabipod or my Gcash that will be posted in the description box. Thanks for listening to Tabi Tabi Pod with me, Ethan. Join us next time when we talk about other mythical creatures in the Philippines. Bye!